0: Hello and welcome back <laughs> to me, honestly. Hello, me. Welcome back to your own podcast, you dang fool. I love you. I love you, and you need to shower, but congrats on doing this. Now, to acknowledge everybody else listening, hi. <laughs> welcome back to you as well to my podcast. I am where I should always be. Well, not always, but I'm in my closet, and uh, it is a comforting place. Uh, it is clean um, and I have, I have gone through a recent phase of, um, if my closet isn't organized, neither is my soul. Um, yeah, somehow my closet is tied to my identity and my destiny. So, uh, we're clean, we're organized, we're good. Um, washed in the blood of the container store, I want to say. So, i 'm here because I got a lot on my mind, and I do this thing I do this thing let me tell you about this thing because this thing is a signal to me that I need an outlet, <laughs> and that 's why I started the podcast in the first place, and also what keeps bringing me back and i um 'm happy to be here and this thing that I do I have done my whole life um triggered i 'm assuming I can only assume by being an only child there and having no one else to really talk to um and that is i often and i mean often um sit by myself or walk around or perform some activity and verbally and out loud that, those mean the same thing uh explain what i'm doing as if there's an audience sometimes i'm imagining a camera crew sometimes i'm imagining like my best friend sometimes i picture that i'm looking into a camera and it's on youtube sometimes i picture it being on the podcast sometimes i who knows And it's similar, it's akin to, you know, having those shower conversations where it's that like conversation with your boyfriend or conversation with some ex or that parent that pisses you off and won't stop bringing up their own political agendas over and over again, (laughs) you know? So it's like that. But there is a performative piece to it that that means I know I'm performing. I used to do this as a kid with a song that I knew really well. I would pretend that someone I'm not a singer. you know I joke, sing, I sing to myself, and I'm like, mm, I can sing the harmony, everyone else can, <laughs> but I'm not a singer, and yet I would still have these vivid, vivid imaginative daydreams where someone would come to me and go, "I want you to sing at my wedding and I would say, "Of course, of course-, Brittany. I would literally love to. I would have it no other way. I don't sing. I don't know if you heard me say that. And yet I would stand there. I would be doing the dishes lost in freaking thought at at 10 years old. Being like, they are going to ask me to sing. Um, I don't know. What would I have loved at 10 years old? I mean, I was on the newsboys train pretty heavily. I don't think anyone would want that. To be sung at their wedding, so we're gonna pretend it was a TLC song, and I was ready, and I would be scrubbing the plastic cups, and uh, telling you, and and I would little did I know at the time just how still relevant TLC would be. I'm sure. So anyway, that isn't an ad. That isn't some backhanded reverse psychology way of me telling you I do sing because I really need you to catch the fact that I don't, and. I would like for you to hire me to perform at your wedding. That's a whole different story that I will tell another time, but I do not, unless I'm taking photos at your wedding, I don't really want to do stuff there unless it's very, very specific to my gifts. If you want me to set up and tear down 350 chairs, hell no. I don't care how Christian you are, how Christian you think I am. I'm not doing that for you. I'm not doing that for you unless... It turns out that everyone I know no longer can lift or walk and I'm the last one. You know what? Then I may, my heart may turn into a charitable one. But in the meantime, mm-mm. so that alone, if you've grown up in the church or, you know, maybe like mainstream Christianity, you know what it's like to constantly be asked to do things for free. <laughs> maybe that happens in a lot of communities. It probably does. And maybe the other communities really like it. I, I was always kind of like, why can anyone? Can anyone, do do you know people have jobs where they do this and you can hire them and like give them money and pay them to have a great time? Like, why are you, you're, you're cheating them out of work. Okay. Anyways. Um, and I'm not, whatever I, you know, I'm not trying to hold a spot of bitterness for that. There have just been too many times where I was supposed to look really pretty, have my hair up in a nice tie of some kind and wear a a beige dress or something pretty and soft. And then also move 42 tables. Make sure that the donuts get there on time. And, oh, no, you're missing your blessing candle. Who put the blessing candle? I don't even know what a blessing candle is, Cheryl. I don't know where you hid that. I don't know about that. I don't know what your, are you like Presbyterian and you have a a blessing candle? Well, I'm a Baptist. We just got water and you get in it. (sighs) I need to I need to back up a whole bunch because we went down a path. I it was like I was skiing, and I'm like, I'm definitely gonna stay on this slope. And suddenly you're like, wow, you're on a new mountain, Brooklyn. How'd you get over there? And I'm like, I just went downhill. I don't know what happened. So I do this thing a lot where I am talking about what I'm going through, whether it's something i recently learned, whether it's something that I'm just like trying to explain my mindset, my methodology, my reasoning. Or I'm literally explaining my freaking skincare routine. I'm explaining every freaking clothing item in my closet. Like last night, best friend Jonathan, I point out a bunch of his books on the ground and I say, I bet all of your books have a story to them. And he sat down and explained the story behind most of them. Some of them, all of them had some kind of meaning or memory or just reason for being in his book stash. And I asked him, like, have you ever just like sat there by yourself and like, as if there were someone else in the room and explained the reasoning for all your books or like the story behind all your books. He was like, no. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I absolutely would have multiple times at this point. Like (laughs) I do that to stuff that doesn't have a fur. I could probably sit and go through all of my hair ties and be like, so I like the thinner black ones. But honestly, the only time I'm using those is when I'm doing braids. And right now I don't know how to braid. Like I would literally... So I notice when there's an uptick, kind of like when um, uh, seismologists are like, okay, there's a little bit more earthquakes in this region. I'm thinking we're going to have a big one soon. I can tell when there's an uptick in me doing my whatever you want to call it, like solo performances of self. Uh, non-interactive theater art pieces. I don't know. Whenever I feel an uptick in those, I'm like, it's probably time for me to actually get a real outlet. Because the moment I like put something out into the world, whether it's just a handful of Instagram stories, or like I sit down with a couple of friends, or I have a long phone chat, or I or I have right now, you know, get, get on the podcast. I feel way way better. <laughs> And uh, it releases some of my tectonic uh, activity in my soul. So here we are releasing that. Um, first and foremost, an update on my cat. I don't know if you've been curious about my cat. I don't know if you hate cats. Um, I'm not even fully convinced she's entirely a cat. Uh, every now and then, kind of like Phoebe Buffet, I look at her and I see my grandmother. And I, I can't, I look at, I've, you know, I've loved a couple cats in this lifetime, and I've never yet seen someone I know that has passed beyond the veil in their eyes. And when I look at Hope, there's this weird part of me that's like, "I, I you're a person I know. And the energy I get the most is of my Nana. So I, uh, you know, while that both makes me giggle and freaks me out, I don't take it too seriously, but I do think that I care for her in a way that is very mutual, so I have a lot of respect for her as just a living living creature in my house, and then also a lot of empathy for, and I mean this, for how it must feel for her to just have to stay in one house all the time, for her to... I don't know, just the, the the way that an animal, a pet, um, a pet who has bonded with a human might be feeling or just experiencing their day-to-day life. So I spend a lot of time thinking about and caring for her in as specific and strategic ways as possible. I'm very thoughtful with how I care for her and try to watch how she responds to my care. And if it's going well, I do more. So she had a Uh, basically, to sum it all up and not spend too much time there, because, you know, I could rattle on about this for a minute. um, She is a somehow went through like the worst time warp you can with a pet because I adopted her at what I thought was five years old. Her age, not me. And I thought that, but I think she was more around 10 years old, maybe. Because, and maybe around eight, I don't know, but they think, instead of me thinking she's eight years old right now, she's somewhere between like 11 and 14. And that broke my heart in half. Like, it broke my heart to know I just had less time with her than I thought. Especially when you have such a bond with whatever companion you have. Imagine looking down at your pet and you lose five years or more. Instantly, That's what it felt like. And so, um, and the reason they know that was because of the issues she's going through. So she has chronic kidney failure. It's very normal in older cats, which is how they know she's older. It's the sign of their aging. And, um, we have learned a new normal. We have learned a new food routine. I have learned to literally inject, uh, put an IV in her skin and do what's called subcutaneous fluids. I have done the hard things, and I still can't believe we're through them already, and I also get really sad looking back on pictures of her seeing that, like, she was probably sick, and I didn't know it yet, so we get kind of bummed out, but there's also so much good news and all that. I've, I've gotten great freaking feedback from our vet, who is really happy with her progress and how all of her numbers are going in the right direction, and it looks really good, and so, and I can tell she seems really good, so... Anyway, if you've been curious, that has been, that has weighed heavily on me during this really awkward freaking time of trying to give a shit about the whole world and, and, um, or the pieces of it that I know I can have an impact on and, um, also taking care of my own damn self and not let a deadly disease enter my body by any means and then also figuring out how to, like, injure my own cat every week by stabbing her with what it feels like. I'm using very violent language to describe that, but by taking care of her and giving her what she needs, I feel like I'm, by, by shifting her normal, I feel like I'm, I'm hurting her, but we're doing what's got to be done to, to actually bring her vitality back and make her so happy. Um, and I can tell that she's more and more and more definitely like maybe, the healthiest she's been since I even first got her, um, at home in her body. Um, she seems very, she, when we're in our space, which I love when we're in my room, she is like a different cat. So I know that she really needs that safe space to be alone and herself and know her territory. Cause we know cats are territorial. So anyway, she like She'll walk around the house and like yowl and and screech and run and hiss. And she'll just be like, I don't know what's going on. I don't really like it that much. Okay, got to go. And she'll come back upstairs and she'll instantly like roll over on her back, to show her tummy and lick and she won't meow as much. And she'll she'll rest on me and she'll rest anywhere. She'll sleep anywhere on anything um, with anyone present really. Um, So I can just tell that she feels safe and so... I feel good too. Anyways, big segue, like huge segue because I need to rant about something. And this isn't something that I have been needing to rant about for a while. So I'm going to give you a quick preview of the thing that I would like to rant about, but then just tell you this story of what's going on in my life right now. So, the first thing I really want to rant about is that uh, not the first thing I want to rant about There's something I would like to rant about or or uh, rant is the wrong word I don't know why I'm stuck on that right now I am I'm quite tired. Um <sighs> something I would love to have a conversation about is double mindedness and and I think that's heavily inspired by my my background in growing up in the Christian faith and hearing what that hearing that word sort of like Um, Christians would say something like you can't serve both God and money that is scriptural, but, um, there's this idea that it's possible to, to be two people or more to, and we're not talking about even like behavioral or mental, mental health, um, scenarios. Um, even though that is at play, we're talking about, um, like for an example, an example that did heat me up once, um, was, uh, talking with a Christian friend, about their, uh, they do not (laughs) believe that God approves of, uh, LGBTQ lifestyles. Um, all of that sentence is problematic, right? Like all of it. Um, and, and, and there's so much to go into with that. But when I found this out, we had just finished watching, um, a couple YouTube videos of people who are in the LGBTQIA community, their music or their art or whatever. So it was in this moment that I said, it is really discouraging. It is very worrying to me when, someone like you who I think is so smart and so like they are, they truly are. And I I don't, I'm not wrong about it. They are so smart and so connected to the community and connected to self can still be like, yep, no, I really don't. I think that being gay is a sin. And then we sit there and enjoy this art. So I was like, do you separate art from artist? Like how, you know, so there's a big conversation there I'd like to have. Um, and, as someone who um, has been, at least previously, like deeply entrenched in the Christian community and, but for many of the recent years disagreed that God hates gay people. (laughs) That's, I could never, I couldn't believe that. Although when I was young, I did, Um, but I couldn't anymore. I could never do that from this point on. Um, But, uh, I want to have a conversation with Christians who, um, or just two Christians, because I know I have Christian listeners and I have an immense immense respect for your time and your beliefs, but also... Um, am deeply troubled by by people who are half in to a community and half half into another community. And um, I think can be a wolf in sheep's clothing to both, but maybe more so to the marginalized community in there, which is the homosexual or the LGBTQIA, to be way, way more encompassing. Um, I think it's really possible for a lot of people to to have a double minded um, approach to that, who will sit there and be like, um, I believe in the inerrant word of God. It is what it is, what it is. And then on the side, reassure their like friends that they're non-judgmental and that everything's okay. And that they will spend their money on, you know, um, makeup from a drag queen or, uh, you know what I mean? Like there, there are just things that, I want to open them up to and say, the, the LGBTQ community needs you to show up, <laughs> needs you to stop, uh, living half in to both, to both sides of this. Um, especially anyways, we'll get into that. That'll be a different conversation, but I take it very seriously. So obviously I'm going to, I'm going to have, um, a tender heat as i as i talk about it um and obviously it's something that is complicated but i as i bring out more examples of it my overall goal with eventually having a conversation examples stories questions would be that um because i feel i feel like i still can have a voice in the christian community despite maybe not looking like or acting like or believing like many of them um, I want to be able to help people know that where their love goes matters, where your love is channeled, where your love goes matters so we 'll get to that um I want to ha- share some stories of of friends of mine um and and fully fully open up I think openness is. <laughs> what allows other people to open up if they're willing or will encourage them to slowly do so. And it also teaches us what's inside of ourselves. Sometimes we'll say sentences we're hearing for the first time too, right? Sometimes stuff that comes out of our own mouths surprises us and we go, damn, that's true. And I did not know that was in there. So I want to just, I think my overall goal with even jokes and talking and this whole thing is to Um, open up the world and open up me. Just more openness. I want to punch more holes in the walls around us. I want to bring more light in. That's it. Laughter, which is to me as a Christian uh, saying like the horns of Jericho, (laughs) I think laughter can tear down walls and because of what it can do to the human soul and physiologically to the human body when it's happening. And also telling when you laugh with someone, therefore, after that, um, or throughout that, telling stories of real pain, um, there's more room to hear those too. Um, I want to disarm us in some literal ways, <laughs> as a community and as as a as a human race. But I also would like to just disarm us in ways where, when we know we can be safe, we we can drink from the well. We know we can. We we know we can be nourished when we know we're we're safe. So on to a, just a story that I got to say, this is, this is, I won't go into all the details because some of it is like private, like um, financial information, <laughs> but it has rocked my freaking world. So I went last week, this week, this week, last week and this week, actually. Wow. Time is just freaking ticking on by without my permission. Um, If you're giving my time to go by, if you're giving my time permission to go by quickly, please stop. Um, so I, I had to be on several, uh, it was, it was this week. I had to be on several, um, customer service calls and I don't just to get it right off the bat. I have both respect for customers and customer service representatives, agents, whatever you want to call it. And I know there's a lot of variety in there. And I know customer service on all levels can be Complicated and exhausting and really require people to to show up ready to get uh, to get a little messy. Um, and I think customers have a long way to go to learn how to be really good customers and not just walking, you know, embarrassments. <laughs> but I will also say I have I have the knowledge that often customer service, not always, often customer service representatives um, like when you, a lot of people go into that field thinking that it's easy and it's just an entry point for them to get another job in the company. If people start working at Apple, they might start as a customer service agent. If they start working at blah, blah, blah. So you know what I mean? So sometimes it can also have people who think that they're just like gonna figure it out and they're amazing at being problem solvers for, and patient for people who are calling with issues. Not always true. Not always true, right? So there are definitely people who are not cut out to to assist. People who are panicked, who are stressed, who are upset. Um, and then there are people who are. So anyways, I was nervous to have all the customer service calls I was needed to make. And not only that, I had stuff to do in the daytime. I have literal stuff to do in the daytime. That's the story for all of us. We got stuff to do in the daytime. And there are so many... Um, Customer service or whatever support centers that aren't open past five p.m. Like depending on, and then there's the whole freaking time zone thing, and you're trying to catch it, and you're like, "Am I gonna wake up at six to do this? I don't know. I get, but I probably won't be very nice at six a.m. That's for freaking sure." So I was a little nervous. I actually cut out some of them from my life. I was like, "I you know what. I'm gonna take this matter into my own hands." I got a white denim dress in the mail that came with a huge stain on the front of it. You know what I did? You know what I said? I'm going to bleach this shit, so that's what I'm doing instead, and you know what, the dress fits so beautiful, it's a really nice dress, it just literally came to me, utterly stained, and it's final sale, I mean, it huge. is, hu- I'm not talking about like, well, like a smear, stain. I'd be like, yeah, welcome, I welcome you, you little stain, it's the entire, entire front of the dress, I'm talking like two feet by two feet section of dress, um, so anyways, I, I canceled that. I was like, you know what? Too much for me to handle, apparently, my mental health needs. Um, I'd rather have a bleach session. I'd rather literally go dye. Not, oh, sorry, whoa. I'd rather literally go dye the dress another color <laughs> Uh, than then even kind of go into where I got it and who it's just some snooty, snooty place. I don't even want to talk to them. So anyways, I uh got a phone call. I got a curious, curious little phone call. Um... And it was one of a few phone calls from, uh, in the department of my life, I would like to call finances. There is a different story going on and that in and of it, this other one, um, is complicated and frustrating. And we won't even go into that because I had to pick one, you know, I had to pick one. So, I get a phone call, I'm standing in the kitchen, I answer it because of this other financial thing, I'm like, this could be the people calling me, this could be some details, and I answer it, and it's like, hey, this is Brooklyn, and I was like, yes, and she was like, hi, ma'am, I'm calling from, and I'm going to make up a name, but it is literally just as ridiculous as the name she gave me, I'm calling from Parker and Cheese, um, this is an attempt to collect a debt, and I said, you're calling from What? And she said, and I'm not, I, I'm a, I have a good memory. This is literally how she did it. I'm not kidding. She went, this is Brenda calling from Parker and cheese. This is an attempt to collect a debt. And I was like, I no, I can hear you. Did you say Parker and cheese? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Continue. Um, I'm calling because you're. Uh, school. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Um, You have a remaining balance of $500 with your university and they have sent it to me and I'd be happy to take the card over the phone. We can set up a payment plan while she's talking. I hear rustling of papers. I hear a TV playing. I know she's working from home. It's COVID time, but I'm just, I'm like, go into a quiet room take a little mini break to maybe make your work phone calls. I don't know, just a thought. I don't know, maybe you live in just one room. Maybe there's TVs in every room. Maybe you, maybe you live in a TV store with paper flooring. I don't know this information. Uh, it just was a bit of a shock and led me to a place where I said, I I I understand the words you're saying, um, although I don't believe you. And I am very not into what could be a potential scam. And as you may know, I'm a person, you're a person. We don't really know each other though. She was like, ma'am, this is real. And I was like, okay, well you can say that, but I have not heard anything. I haven't been a student in almost a decade. So, um, pardon me if I'm just skeptical here, and I'm going to have to go to a different source, aka that university, to find out the truth. She was like, they're just going to send you back to me. And I said, you know what? I can't wait to talk to you again if they do. So thank you. And I hung up and I was shaking. I was literally like mad instantly. I was like, we need to put the knife down. I can't cut the apple right now. I'm mad. So I call my university, California Baptist University here comes a curse word, you little bitches, you little bitches. And let me say why I first moved here in 2011, December 28th. So technically pretty much 2012, six months later, as we all know, like that's kind of when you start paying on your student loans. And I was gearing up for that. And I got a phone call from a very nice man calling from Chicago saying that he had received CBU's, uh, notice of debt collection on me for lots of money whole bunches, whole bunches of money. And, um, I said, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know anything about that. And at the time I'm I'm 22. I'm not I don't know this stuff. I don't know any of this. He's semi understanding also just sounds really busy and he's like, "We'll get it figured out." And then I uh called CBU and they were like, "Yeah, we, you know what? There we fudged something and your last semester of school didn't turn into um government loans. It didn't turn into loans. It just is a balance with us." And I was like, Okay. So you, you fudged the nut. Okay. Um, I wanted that to go. I had, I rem- I could even at the time I had the memory. I was like, I literally know I could tell you which counselor I talked to. Like we had it all figured out. I explained them my situation. Like I would love to suckle at the teat of the federal government. I suppose they can pay for my school. Let's go. We had an agreement. I gave you my blood. If I, I, I kind of remember giving my blood that probably didn't happen that part, but it felt like it. So I'm like boring a hole through the sun when I'm 22 and I'm hearing all of this. We work out a plan. I start paying off with this debt collection company. My freaking credit score plummets at the time. All of my money is going into student loans because I had no idea about forbearance or deferment yet. No one taught me about that. Literally nobody taught me about that. Of course, they don't want you to know about that. So uh, I'm paying all of my money. I'm making $350 a month. Literally, that's my income. I'm putting rent on random credit cards. I'm begging my grandfather for money. I am doing, I'm babysitting children that I don't like. I really just don't even like them. And I'm out there in the world doing my thing. And so, uh, we pay off things. This, this loan company turns into, not loan company, uh, debt collection company, debt, servicing agency what do you want to call it is bought out by various other companies it just slowly gets eaten by a bigger monster it eventually is like a weird turducken you know it's just some weird blob amorphous company that ha- keeps changing its name for the longest time i had this amazing agent named Melissa Adams i did not change her name to protect her just now it's out there sorry melissa you were an amazing person you had a great chicago accent um i uh, I, uh, it's automatically taken out of my bank account every month. I should say that what I owed CBU is just slowly getting ripped from me every month. And, um, And I would have, if I wanted to change a payment throughout any of these buyouts that they're doing throughout any of the years of my life, I would have to literally call and beg them to move it to another date in the month. Like later on, just be like, I need more time. I got to go sell some blood. I got to get, you know, I got to go babysit some more kids. I got to, you know, I got to get out in the community and see what I can do, rake some yards and, um, they would do it, but I literally couldn't stop the payments. They never would stop until they ran out. And then one fine day last January, they stopped. And I was like, yeah, that's it. That's it. And I did the math. I was like, "That's they're done. At the time, their website was down. So I was like, can not really check. So I called CBU um, this last, this week. And they were like, yeah, you do owe us $500. And I should say, the girl I was talking to didn't sound like that at all. I just, this is the spirit of CBU talking. Yeah, you do owe us that. So I was like, hmm, okay, well. Let me give you a little detail. And I gave him some of those details and I was like, I don't, I didn't know I owed them anything. And also I haven't heard from anybody for two years. You have my current phone number literally hasn't changed since I was 15 years old. The debt collections company didn't contact me, but you didn't either. You didn't either. You are literal God school and you didn't go, hmm, if we send this to collections, will it just ruin someone's life? What if it did? What if that amount of money was huge? What if that amount of money, it could be huge to many, it is, it is an amount of money that is huge to everyone. We are in the middle of a pandemic, an actual pandemic. (laughs) Millions of lives are on the line. Millions of jobs are lost. (laughs) And you're like, anyway, send it to collections. I'm like, that is horrible to not contact me in any way, in any way, much less the very accessible way, (laughs) which is my phone. (laughs) Like, even if it's a robot going, Brooklyn Wagner, please call CBU urgently. Like, I don't care what your robot with its bad grammar has to say, I would call you urgently. I would, I would give you the money. I'd just hand it right over. Um, so anyways, I was like, this is incredibly disappointing. I even t- searched high and low for documentation that I had finished the stuff. I obviously hadn't. Obviously, Altran, I just dropped the name of the loan, the loan, the, sorry, the, uh, debt collections agency. Obviously they just, I, my bank account hasn't changed. Literally nothing about my life has changed at the time of the last money getting taken out of my account. I've never, I haven't had a zero amount in there since then. Like you, the money could just keep flowing. So I'm befuddled. I'm confused. I am perplexed. I'm hearing, I'm hearing, um, that my debt collector went yeah, just don't know. We don't know what to do. There was no like, huh, weird. We can't get this out. Hello Brooklyn, we're calling you. We have your current number. Why can't we take your money out? Nothing. Nothing. Nope. Done. Let's just go ahead and silently ruin someone's life and then just have someone from Peterson and Fudge, what did I say? Peterson and Cheese <laughs> call her and um while they're busy at the TV store, let's have them call her and let them know, let her know that she owes us money. What a good time. Let's ruin her credit score and freak her out. That sounds like God's school to me. There And also, this. I had a, I had a great time over the last nine years of working with this uh, series of agents who were helping me pay off my debt. That was a good time. That was a great time. Although it wouldn't have had to happen had my university not freaking just Called me and said, looks like your stuff didn't go. I'm a freaking just out of college student. And I went to CBU, so I don't know jack shit. Like, help me out. I'm an amoeba floating out in the freaking the barnacles. I don't know what I'm doing. And you're like, hey, just so you know, um, here's the real life shit. We messed up, and so now you must pay the Piper um." in a painful way for the next, I'm thinking decade, somewhere on that ballpark. <laughs> um, so it's actually CBU's fault initially that all of this happened. But then, you know what? Okay, had a great old time with Ultran. Then all of a sudden, it comes back to CBU. They have a second chance to come just find me, find me at, at the very accessible place that I could be found. You know, I'm not on the run. I'm not on the lam. I'm not in exile. I didn't, I'm not an expat. I moved one state north. That's it. I'm right here, baby. You have all my current information, actually. So I'm, I'm literally befuddled that what we would call probably kind of some of the hardest, one of the hardest institutions to love, which is debt collections. And I can say I had a great-ass time with them. And you know what I can't say is that I had a great-ass time and feel cared for by the Lord Jesus' school that I went to. <laughs> like, excuse uh, me? You, are you excusing me? Can I be excused? Because I need to go to the bathroom and excuse myself loudly by putting my face into the glass. I need to put it through the glass and I need to be excused because I'm confused. Wow, it rhymes up in here. So I need you to feel that you've probably been through your own like God forsaken experiences with weird financial institutions, maybe with your own God school. I don't know if it's not a God school. I would actually be surprised if they didn't treat you well because that's what's looking up. That's what's that's the story I've seen for so many of my friends. <sighs> And you know what? You're like, Brooklyn, I get it. I know you're not like shitting on CBU right now and it's this experience and it's yours. You know what? I am actually shitting on CBU. If I could go to CBU right now and privately just take a poop on the big seal in Stamps Courtyard, I would. I would. I would. I would. I might even take a little tinkle in Fortuna Fountain, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And then I would definitely flip off the Chick-fil-A there because that's a whole different beef I have. But I do actually, I just, if I haven't announced it yet, I have a a very real and present beef. And I'm saying beef on purpose in a sort of double entendre way with Chick-fil-A. So anyway, um... I do have beef. That is a very frustrating thing. That is not caring for people, the way that they've (laughs) approached us. And I am happy to say that it's a it's an amount I can take care of. Wow, I am that's a privilege and that is a blessing. I can it's not a bill I'm afraid of. It's just a bill that by principle shouldn't have happened and does mess with my credit score. I've been working so hard on my credit score, and it's like saying I'm when I think of working on a credit score, I think of that like government institution. I can't remember what it's called, but those people who can, it's that movie like men who stare at goats, um, where they would like, they can like dissipate clouds if they really think hard. That's how I think about my credit score. That's how still, how how challenged it is for me to understand how to truly impact my credit score. I feel like I'm just mentally dissipating clouds and yet I am seeing an improvement. So kind of believe in it. Anyways, all that to say, I'm going to round this all up now. I'm going to let you sit on that. And I'm going to say, I would love to hear you rant. If you want to call me, if you want to send me a voice message, I would love to hear you rant even briefly about um, your own screw you financial moments, those little things where you just go, that is is freaking wild, man. Maybe you've been scammed before. Maybe you've had those weird phone calls and you they had a weird name to their institution too. Turns out it's not the one, the cheese one. I've said it, but it does have food in the name and that is very weird. Anyways, I would love to hear it. I welcome those stories. And last but not least, um, what I have been talking to myself about is one of the tectonic sort of little earthquakes, one of the earthquakes I've been having lately is, um, getting out of my own way. I get in my own way a lot. So I will expound on this at a later date, but what came to mind today is, um, well, actually this week I had two amazing sessions with an emotional intelligence coach named Tico. She is amazing she is on our team at uh for Jenna Kutcher and um she we had a one-on-one session and then we had like a full staff session which we're a tiny tiny team so just like a little screen's worth of ladies um who learned and she taught us all about empathy but she is teaching us through like six months I think of emotional control and our emotional intelligence and what impulse control means and what feelings and emotions really are. And like the root of all of this stuff in our, in our bodies and in our minds and, and scenarios, cultural, cultural understanding and and racism. And she's amazing. And we had a great, we had like a, an assessment we did. We had our one-on-one this week and we learned a lot. And I would love to debrief with you on that phone call, but I'm obviously like a little, I'm still in process mode on that one. I'm still sort of, uh, floating through. It's a small world, so to speak. Like I'm still experiencing the goodness of that call before I, I feel like I can, uh, talk about it succinctly. Um, but because of that, one of the things that came up is that she wants me to start celebrating my little wins because she thinks that, um, she believes it will help me get out of my own way. Cause I'll start to see that I'm going somewhere. And that I'm on my way, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm sort of pinpointing those mile markers, and I'm like, look where you're going. You are changing. You are transforming. You really are doing a good job. Um, because a lot of how I view the work that I do, it's I could I could work all day, and I see it as like I'm filling up this vessel of good jobness of A plus. I'm filling up my battery of trust um, in myself as an employee. Um, and then I think if I do one wrong thing, it goes right down to zero again. It's not like I get depleted a tiny bit or I'm like, Ooh, like, Ooh, that hit me a little bit. Like when you're playing Legend of Zelda and you get like hit by one thing and just a little part of a little chunk of your heart goes away. No big deal. I picture it like I'm back to zero. I'm, I'm, everything's beeping. It's over. I need to, I forgot to save crap, you know? Um, that's how I tend to see the work that I do. So I, she wants me to live more celebratory and, and, and find moments to stop and say, um, say to myself out loud how proud I am and then just live And celebrate that pride, invite people into that pride and be like, I'm inviting you in to my celebrations. And I'm still trying to figure out all of what that means. But I do think that that on a practical level, it looks like me getting out of my own way, like not saying, stop, are you good enough? Not, not making myself constantly pay the toll of imposter syndrome, or you're not doing enough, or you're not, or you messed up. And so that negates all the good that you've done. And one of the things I have been so desperately trying to figure out, (laughs) Is how to get my old YouTube channel taken down, and so that I can continue and get back on the art that I really want to make. And I call it art, but just I mean this kind of stuff. I deeply love having an audience, and I thrive in when I know I can talk to people. I it's like Oprah. Like I just (laughs) she thrives when she knows she can have a connection to um, have a reach into, um, humanity. So that's how I feel. And yeah, I've been really struggling with figuring out how to do that. And I think I need to get out of my own way and just move forward and accept that my old videos will just be there. And it's a long story short, but it's before that, before YouTube was purchased and it's a legacy account and, I've done everything that is on all of Reddit and the depths of the internet, so my only hope would be like literally knowing someone at YouTube who would then take it down for me somehow. Um, I, do, I literally don't know how to access my old account. If I remember, it could just remember the login, I think, and password potentially, but that has not been successful. So anyway, all that to say, I want to get out of my own way with that and move forward and celebrate it and not be ashamed of the old 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 content there and find a way to rebrand myself that won't get me confused with those people um leaning into my middle name maybe I don't know I'm just so attached to Brookology and I don't know why even just Brooklyn Wagner my name and I don't have to be and i can rebrand that so that i can move forward i just need to find a new way of moving forward so um and hopefully if i got honestly if i got uh enough success with uh you know working hard and showing up on youtube i would be able to get a hold of someone there more easily and get that other stuff taken down um so we're going to try that just as a practical update on my life um that's it i'm sweating i am uh becoming a person who accidentally keeps staying up late again, and I don't want to do that. So I'm going to go and I'm going to shower myself with cold water, and I'm going to get myself a nice gin and tonic and put on Netflix, my home away from home. Um, I really appreciate you being here. I know this episode is about 15 minutes longer than my normal episodes because uh, I had some long-winded stories to tell, but I hope that it felt like we were just hanging out, (laughs) and <laughs> I'm telling you random stuff. I'm just spilling all my own personal tea hot into your lap. Um, but my tea is definitely served at a temperature that is kind to the mouth. So maybe not too hot. Um, I appreciate you. And I really, really, really like talking and knowing that you're listening. I love it. I love it when you guys tell me you listened and when you share the podcast, that rocks my world. Um, and when you tell other people to listen to it, just because, like I said, it is absolutely soul fulfilling to me knowing I can have a voice with many people. And I know from experience that, um, listening to those little parts of us is how you day by day keep living a really good life. So I'm going to keep doing that. I, um, intend and i am setting that intention now to come back to you soon i really i am i am committing to that i do have so much to say and i i lean into my exhaustion so much more quickly than i lean into my creativity so i really want to change that and even if i feel exhausted give myself a chance to invest in in what this is uh let me know if there's something you would really like me. Maybe there may be things that I've said in these podcasts, in these episodes that, um, you want me to talk more about and, and spend more time on, or maybe you just want funny freaking stories. Maybe you're like, you know what? I'm having a down month, bitch. I need funny shit. I need, this is called funny girl. I'm gonna need you to really deliver on that. I want to do that too. And I know my my title is a play on words and that funny girl isn't all that we are and isn't all that can define us. And also, it is such a big, beautiful thing to be able to be. So, uh, But I would also just love to make you laugh. So if that's what you want, please tell me. If you didn't know, um, my Instagram is at Brookology, B-R-O-O-K-O-L-O-G-I-E. Oh, wow, I really... I really spelled that too quickly. If you followed that, you are a miracle worker and a way maker, whatever that song is. So, um, I would love to have you message me there and let me know what you thought of the episodes or any of your, what episode was your favorite, um, or what you think about the podcast or what you would just like me to, to talk about and go into or research or, uh, like, yeah, what do you need? (laughs) I would like to deliver on that. Um, love you. And I mean that. See you next time.